0: All right. Well, we're here today with Dr. Kamara Jones. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming today. How's the Minnesota weather Well, you? Know, you?
1: Um, I was afraid that it was going to be super cold, but I've been indoors most of the time through skyways and subways, okay. so I'm fine. Can
0: you tell your friends where, you, where you're where traveling from so they know what you're experiencing? Yes.
1: <laughs> so I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, which is typically not in the minus degrees during the winter, although we've had a little bit of cold, but not like this.
0: Okay. Well, Doctor, can you um, tell your friends uh, what agency you're working for?
1: So, I am currently at the Morehouse School of Medicine. I'm in the Satcher Health Leadership Institute and the Cardiovascular Research Institute. That's my day job, Okay. but my uh, really important new role this year is as the President of the American Public Health Association.
0: Great, so what would it be the mission of the APHA?
1: We represent the half a million public health workers in government agencies and in communities and in university scholars. We have an active membership of 25,000 in our national organization and another 25,000 in state, uh, health depart- in state public health associations across the nation. So we have 50,000 people that we can mobilize on behalf of the interest of public health, which is about um, about not medical care, mm-hmm. really, but about environmental conditions and um, addressing kind of social determinants of health, things that are more community health level than individual health level.
0: Okay, so as a community member, uh, what kind of civic engagement can we, what can we do as a citizen to to try to close the gap and also providers and institutions, what can they do to close that gap?
1: Well, so the gap that you're talking about is actually the gap in health status between different populations in this country, especially there are lots of racial, ethnic gaps. And so during my presidency, I'm launching a national campaign against racism. And racism is a word that people are sometimes reluctant to use. Mm -hmm. I mean, we even use other words like race, without saying the ism, or, you know, cultural competence or disparities or, you know, implicit bias. All of these things are important for us to talk about. But... I want us to put racism on the agenda. And so if you don't mind, I'd like to just briefly define yes, what I mean. Yes, please. So, So when I talk about racism, I'm really clear that I'm talking about a system. So I'm not talking about an individual character flaw. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a personal moral failing. I'm not even talking about a psychiatric illness, as mm-hmm. some people have suggested. I am talking about a system of power. So you might ask a system of power that does what? It's a system that structures opportunity Mm -hmm. And that assigns value. And on what basis is the opportunity structured and on what basis is the value assigned? It's based on the social interpretation of how we look which is what we call race. We think race yeah. is something that's like indelible in the individual, but what, what we call race is actually just a categorization of people based on something that we have in our mind that our society has structured for us that puts people in different categories, but that categorization doesn't even hold across different countries or in different settings. Okay. Now, racism, this system of structuring opportunity and assigning value based on so-called race, has three impacts. The first of which is that it unfairly disadvantages some individuals and communities. So when we in this country think about racism at all, which is not very often, but when we do, we go to the unfair disadvantage. But it doesn't take very long to recognize that every unfair disadvantage has its reciprocal unfair advantage. So the second impact of racism is that it is unfairly advantaging other individuals and communities. And that's the whole issue of unearned white privilege that most people don't even think about or talk about at all in this country. It's hard, but it's real. But then even as we have a system that's either unfairly disadvantaging or unfairly advantaging individuals and communities, racism is sapping the strength of our whole society through the waste of human resources. So when we don't invest in the full, excellent public education of all of our kids because we think there's no genius in some communities, that is wasting all the genius that is in mm-hmm. all of our communities. When we just are sitting around complacent with what I describe as the wholesale warehousing disproportionately of so many black and brown men in the prison system, that's separating us from their human potential that could be, if there were opportunity available to them, they, they could be contributing productively to our society so what i would say to our friends listening here is of those three impacts of racism the unfair disadvantage the reciprocal unfair advantage and how it saps the strength of the whole society we need to be spending a lot more time talking about addressing documenting putting media stories and the like about the un about how, how it saps the strength of the whole society because we need everybody to understand that we have to dismantle this system and put in as a place a system where all of us can know our full potential and have the opportunity to develop to our full potential. So as president of the American Public Health Association, I am launching this national campaign against racism, not that I think that in one year I can dismantle this whole system, but to put racism on the agenda, not just for the members of the American Public Health Association, but the general public for national organizations, communities that want to join in in that to put racism on the agenda, especially during this year.
0: Everybody it's, can be activists. activist.
1: Act, everybody, and, and during this year of national elections, you know, presidential election, Congress, all of, all of the House of Representatives turning over and We should be making racism an issue in our public discourse. And I'm going to set up a structure within the American Public Health Association with seven different committees, and if you want, I can tell you those later, but to harness the energy and the intellect and the passion of anybody who wants to get involved in this effort. So let me just tell you with the seven. So the first one is communication and dissemination. So that's about um, helping develop ways for us to talk about racism, to start community conversations on racism. And I actually have developed a lot of allegories on race and racism if your uh, listeners want to.
0: And you expect this to go through health departments? Everything, the country everything. And, and, a, and
1: in communities, everything. And, and and the committee that was working on that would say, what do we want to use as a tool and where is it gonna go? And so my allegories, you know, I have my gardener's tale allegory mm-hmm. that helps people understand racism on three levels. I have other allegories that people could actually Google Kamara Jones yeah, yeah, TEDx. We're gonna,
0: we're gonna plug the link to okay. the video, the presentations te- you've done good. at Tech Talks and all those. Oh, the TED, okay. Yes.
1: So good, so that's a resource. So So the second committee, education and development, about developing curriculum for medical schools, for schools of public health, for public schools, you know, K through 12. Mm -hmm. So developing curriculum around social justice. How do we talk about these issues? Third, global matters, to help people understand that we have an international anti-racism treaty that the United States signed and the Senate ratified and we have obligations under it. Who knew? So to talk about that. The fourth committee, liaison and partnership to identify anti-racism efforts that are already happening in communities across this nation and link them together to reach out to national partners in this effort. The fifth, um, organizational excellence, to help schools and workplaces ask the question, how is racism operating here? How do you look at structures, policies, practices, norms and values to answer that question? The sixth, policy and legislation, what kinds of laws are being uh, Promote it on the books that are anti-racist laws. You may not even say the word racism, but in their practice, what kinds of things are being put in place, like community, um, you know, citizen review boards for police activities, that kind of thing. City
0: ordinances. City
1: ordinances, state laws, all of that. And and things that we should put in place, developing uh, template, you know, what do they call it, like... um, you know, template things that that people could replicate Mm -hmm. across the nation. And then the seventh one, science and publications, to look at the state of science linking racism and adverse health outcomes, um, developing new measures of racism, linking anti-racist researchers, but also all of this work is to develop the science and practice of anti-racism. We need to go beyond documenting, yes, racism has adverse impacts on the health and well-being of the nation. Most people don't realize that, but it does. And actually, if you went into the scientific literature, you find more than a thousand papers linking racism and adverse health outcomes. Racism, not just documenting racial health disparities. Correct. But we need to go beyond that to develop the science of anti-racism. How do we do anti-racism? How do we um, overcome barriers that are gonna start to be thrown up in our face and that kind of thing and what is the practice of anti racism. So that's what I'm hoping to do in this effort.
0: Oh thank you. Thank you so much. And just today from your presentation uh, um, my something that I like that I liked a lot it was your phrase when you said uh equity versus equality oh. and and the, the way that you describe it can you mention yes. that to your friends yeah so
1: i was once was asked what is the difference between equality and equity and the word that came to mind was history so mm-hmm. equality just pretends that everything you know just the way that we see things is happenstance and, and okay, I have something, I'm going to give equal amounts to two people. But equity is about acknowledging our different historical paths to even how we've come to be here, acknowledging that there are differences in need and providing resources according to need. So, you know, I even gave the example when I was at Stanford, you know, I was a medical student there and I was biking up a, up a hill mm-hmm. and coming down was somebody coasting down that same hill. But then we both went into a a path that was branching off of that hill. And we were at the same level at that same time. And somebody might have thought, oh, well, this would be an appropriate time for them to start a race. They're at the same level, you know, go. But our histories were very different. Mm -hmm. I had just been exerting a lot of energy, struggling to get up the hill to that path. And Somebody else had just been coasting down and had that momentum and everything. So the difference between equality and equity is history, acknowledging history, and acknowledging real differences in need. In fact, I'd like to share my definition of yes. health equity. Yes, please. Because it's a three-part definition. What is it, how do we get there, and how is it related to health disparities? Health equity is assurance of the conditions for optimal health for all people. It's a process. Some people have said, well, health equity is attainment of the of you know, attainment of you know, attainment of the best level of health for all people. But when you think of it as an outcome attainment, maybe we reached that last Sunday. But then are we done? No, it's a process. We have to keep putting in place those things that will support, that will assure the best health for all people. And assurance is actually one of the three core functions of public health that were identified by the Institute of Medicine along with assessment and policy development. So health equity is assurance of what? Of the conditions for optimal health, housing, jobs, education, a fair justice system, all of those things, for whom, for all people. And you know, when you think about what's happened and is happening in Flint, Michigan with the poisoning of the public water supply, that is the opposite of health equity. That's the opposite of the assurance of of conditions for, for optimal health for all people. How do we get to health equity? it's gonna require at least these three things. Valuing all individuals and populations equally. Recognizing and rectifying historical injustices. And yes, I did say, recognizing and rectifying historical injustices. And then providing resources according to need. Not just equal resources. You don't water everything the same or whatever. If you have different plants that have different needs, you provide those resources according to need. And finally, how is health equity related to health disparities? Health disparities will be eliminated when health equity is achieved. Health disparities is about differences in outcome. The differences in the numbers of our babies in different communities that are dying before the first year of life. The differences in how much cancer we're getting in different communities, or diabetes, or obesity, all of that. Those are health disparities when you're looking at the outcomes. Health equity is all of the stuff that came before. It is, as I said, the assurance of the conditions for optimal health for all people. When we assure those conditions, health disparities will yeah. eliminate.
0: And you summarized is really nice by saying that equality ignores history. history. Thank equality you. Equality ignores history. Thank you. Thank you, and and please visit us again. And and we are honored for you for you for you to be here. So uh, enjoy the Minnesota weather and and we hope to see you soon again.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, and remember friends, uh, share this show, Uh, uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and uh, remember, if you have something to share with us, please, uh, and to the community or to the rest of the world, please uh, contact us, and we'll make sure we pin your information in our community board. Thank you.